Hey folks, it's John from AS for Alcoholic again. Today's conversation is with my good friend John S. back from Hawaii. This time he's on the mainland. He just got done swimming with sharks in Mexico and he's off to more and beyond. It was great to catch up with him. We went for a little hike. We got some food and coffee and um, he came over to the studio and we just talked sharks, sobriety, gratitude, all the usual stuff, you know. So without further ado, here's my conversation. Swimming with Sharks with John S. <laughs> Does that scare you? Does the microphone scare you? Talk into that thing. You don't need to do it. You just you No, know. it's awesome. What is is it hooked to your drone? <laughs> this thing fly just, around the room no, too? It's just a tripod. <laughs> Um, how's it feel to be sitting back at the kitchen table? It's pretty amazing, right next to the the wet bar there. <laughs> so, the so this is this is we're we're uh, recording this in the house where I currently live and uh, where John uh, used to live before I moved here. Um, you know, I think one of the cool things I think about this house whenever I think about all the issues with living in it is like it's some pretty magical shit as far as getting sober and you know. I mean, it's where you got sober. It's where I got sober. That's very true. You know, like I, it's a it's a safe space, even with all the chaos and the clutter which being I amongst think, the uh, the vineyards here. Yeah. Um, so you recently got to go swimming with sharks, and it was it was not. I mean, people hear that and they probably think it's crazy and intense and scary, but. Some people do. I, it kind of trips me out, but it was actually a very soothing thing. Um, something I planned out about a year ago. <clears throat> Just to recap, left Kauai, ended up in Mexico, um, in Guadalupe Island there where the great whites meet up to, to breed. So it's a pretty safe environment. You were, you're in their environment, but it's cage diving, so I wasn't free diving. They're great whites. It's It's... There's actually a federale that's on the boat with you, and um, they're very protective. It used to be a free-for-all 15 years ago, and the boat captain was sharing that. But uh, very uh, very safe, cool, majestic, to say the least. Um, it's more dangerous driving driving around the freeways out here than it was <laughs> diving with the sharks, but uh, without a doubt. Um, yeah, I mean, it's their job to keep you alive, right? I mean, that's... Mandatory. Uh, their their Yelp reviews would would plummet <laughs> based on fatalities. Uh, yeah, they haven't had a single one. Uh, all digits accounted for. Um, and you know, it was a little you know since we're talking about sobriety here, um, mm-hmm. open bar situation. Five days on a boat, and even even though you're next to an island, it's uninhabited, and you'd have to swim two hundred yards with the elephant seals pups. Surrounded an island, surrounded by great white sharks. So there's no getting off the boat <laughs> to get away from the booze. <laughs> Never get out of the boat, man. Never get out of the boat. You, there, there's no booze. There's not a single person that lives on this island. So, and it's about 20 miles long. It's a lot bigger than I thought. But um, yeah, these amateurs they brought three cases of beer for 16 divers on a week. Fuck, it's mind boggling. It's a good thing I wasn't drinking because they had had to turn the boat around before we got to Ensenada there. Um. It's like, it's crazy because, yeah, I mean, I would have, like, that's not enough beer. Three cases? Yeah, and it's, there are 16 people and, and people would have 
a glass of wine after diving all day and then the sun's out and it's this macho thing and to me that's just green light and i i literally was with two two dive uh, potential dive masters with the SWAT team in San Diego there and they would sip their two Modellos and go to bed and I'm like what the hell is happening in the world nowadays but um, it's refreshing you know just because we're uh, alcoholic I, I really enjoy being in situations and, and even forced situations where um, people just don't drink and it's not an issue um, not an issue and I the first thing I did when I got on board I went it's only a 50 foot boat I went right to the the gal that cooks the meals and, and has the keys to the cooler there. Um, I just go, oh, I'm on this non-drinking thing. Because they hand you a cup and you use the same cup mm. for a week. And she goes, oh, yeah, that's cool. What else can I get you? And that was it. That was the conversation for a week. Nobody, maybe once or twice somebody goes, oh, you sure? You don't want one? No, I'm good. And that was it. Move on. And not one person try to push anything or. Well, you're there for, you're there to swim with the sharks. You're there for the sharks. Yeah. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> And that's what we did. And then, uh, I'm sure you've been in more dangerous situations before, too. You know, yeah. you think about drinking and where that leads you and situations with people and drugs. and. Well, with that being said, I just did three days in San Francisco um, in Union Square there. And the, the alcoholic attic in me had to make sure that the neighborhood was still fucked up. So I ventured over to... Uh, the tenderloin just by myself and walked by several bars that I bartended at just to make sure I definitely wasn't missing out on anything. Um, were you? And, and I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't. And, and the tenderloin was still the tenderloin. I didn't get past Eddie street and Geary there and all that. And it, it was, it was sad and beautiful and tragic and disgusting and all these, you know, it was a big Bukowski meets Hunter S. Thompson with needles involved. And it just, you know, it's, to me, I like to look from the fringe. I like to look over at that. And it doesn't, there's an attraction to it because I'm into, <laughs> I don't try to live this perfect glitzy life, you know, that I've kind of designed around me living on a five acre farm in Kauai and surrounded by all these healthy yoga huts and shit like that and growing wheatgrass. Um, I like to just make sure I like to see in the world, but I don't have to, to play in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if that makes sense to most, but, um, I was never a drug addict, but to see where they're at, it, again, it brings in gratitude and that's what it is. And there's humility with that. And, you know, by the grace of God, go I, you know, I'm not the guy shitting in the doorway and I'm not puking up Whatever, but I've been the guy who's passed out underneath a tractor in Half Moon Bay after a party. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Putting myself in a homeless situation on, on any given moment. Slept in hallways um, by choice um, just because too drunk to find my keys and things like that. But, um, you know, it, we get a reprieve in this in this life, you know. And um, and that's through the through sobriety, the way I look at it. It's not... It's not perfect, but like I've said before, it's never been better, and it just keeps getting solid. I don't need yeah. to dodge it. No, and I mean we we drove up here in a uh, in a Maserati this afternoon, which yes we did, <laughs> which was an exciting uh, treat. I wasn't I wasn't expecting that, <clears throat> but um, you were mentioning on the way over here, you were talking about um, that those things are not important, and why those things are not important, and that. Um, that if you if they were all gone, it, like you were talking about, that's when that's when the sobriety is most important, and that's why we 
we need to work on it? Or you were saying something like that? I think what I've come to see, because, you know, when the promises come true and you're able to hold a job and, you know, I'm a self-made man on all levels, whether I've got something or don't have something, either I lost it or gave it up, but all the, the things come and go, the, the material stuff. So the Maserati, just to clarify that, and I'm not sounding like just... this Napa Valley <laughs> asshole, but, you know, I drive a, a, a it's 10-year-old it's Toyota Tundra back in Kauai with with the dents and all the good stuff it's a good surf truck but but i rented it yeah and it's you know i turned 50 last year and so yeah why not rent a maserati drive from san francisco to the wine country and then when i get back i'm renting a 911 porsche but i didn't buy it so it's a midlife celebration not the full crisis so i rented the midlife crisis i didn't buy in the whole thing um that's awesome though they're toys and they drive up highway one yeah it's fun and you know like that's not the kind of I mean, can you imagine what 50 would be like if you were still in the throes of active alcoholism? I, If I, I was mean, still alive, I'd be sitting in a bar stool talking about looking at a TV across the way in a smoke-filled room at some guy diving in a shark cave in Mexico and go, shit, I'm going to do that someday. Uh, look at that, looking out the window and somebody driving by in a Maserati. I'm going to, yeah. that guy's a dick I, or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I'll do that someday. And, but so the some days are, are now today. So there's one gift in sobriety. I'm doing these things. And again, it's not the materialistic thing. The promises about financial insecurity and all that. I, I misread that for the first few years. I thought, all right, I'm, I can hold a job. I'll make more money and have all this stability and shiny shit. But what I've gained, what I've come to see, you know, after about six years here and being back in Sonoma, you know, I got sober here. So I'm having a lot of flashbacks to the first year or two, especially being in this house. Um, but what I've gained is, uh, like I said, I, I, I'm, you can count on me. I'm not perfect. I'm still full of shit a lot of the time. But I'll I usually do what I said I'm going to do. I'm able to look after my, my mom who you know had a stroke recently. I can help her out. That feels good. That's a lot more valuable than any you know, white car in the, in the driveway will ever be. Um, and then I'm, I'm just present. I'm, I'm, I'm aware. I, after my 20-year brownout, I, I have a level of consciousness that I don't need to dodge uncomfortable feelings now. Um, I can let them... I, I've seen enough come and go where I can ride it out. I know the, the outcome, and it doesn't have to be numbed out with a, with a mm. several cold beverages or, yeah. or warm vodka like you told me your <laughs> derelict <laughs> ways were. <laughs> At the end, it was. It was a bottle. It was from that liquor store right up the street yes. with a little turquoise sign. It was a bottle of Tito's. And um, I would just roll it under the bed. And when I was finally time to pass out, or they wouldn't even make it under the bed. Sometimes it would just be on the floor. I'd get the cap on it and go to put it. And then it was just, that was it. That was it. And it was well, it was vodka. It was in a glass bottle. It was in a glass bottle. So it wasn't so a had... plastic. Oh, exactly. Plastic bleeder <laughs> thing. So yeah, good old Tito's. Yeah. So that was. Hop, hopnobbing. That was, that was the end. But I mean, this, this house has got a lot of. Um, a lot of booze in here. There's a lot of booze in I And that's, you know, that's another thing. And I think, like, we're both bartenders. We both bartended together. Yeah. And um, people would, that was one thing when I would, I, people would ask me about getting sober. Like, but you're a bartender. Yeah. How can you deal with it? And, you know, one of the ways that I always approached it when I was, when I would struggle with it is, like, if I was a bank teller, I get paid to do a job and I'm counting hundreds of thousands of dollars every single day. Yeah. But I'm not taking it home. I'm not stealing it. Um, but I, you know, that would be like as if I was a, uh, 
that's just that's just the the um that's just the the venue in which you I work, work at Hershey's and you're diabetic. Like, exactly. how do you get through the day? Yeah. Well, I don't want to die. I don't. Exa- thank so, you. Yes, I don't want to die. Uh, I know that the outcome here, and I think, yeah, I can totally relate. So that first year or two, when people knew you, you, you're behind the bar for eight hours a day, how do you how do you deal with it? And they're sharing in meetings like, I can't even walk down the wine aisle at Safeway without, you know, freaking out and. To me, too, it's a commodity. We've done it for so long. I mean, decades. Well over, or me at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm a little bit older than you. But, uh, you know, I'm so used to being around booze that it, it, before I pick up the drink, not metaphorically, but before I start to drink, um, it'll be, a, a you know, several days beforehand and, you know, if not weeks that I start planting that seed. So I'm not afraid. I've got enough the program enough things in front of that first drink that just because it's in it's the proximity, the mindset's not there. I, I was done. When you're done, you're done. You know, but I don't recommend it, you know, to be handling your favorite beverage and handing it across the way to somebody else. Yeah, it's not, that's not a recommended thing. But yeah, it's just a, it's a commodity. I'm not against booze. You come mm-hmm. to my house, I, I, and a pretty girl, you're getting a glass of wine, and sometimes I'll try to force it on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they're like, I mean, people go, what? No, I don't even, I don't need a second one. I'm like, God damn, they still make you. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, we're so used to this, like, alcoholic mindset. Yeah. Even, even as, and, you know, wanting to be a good host and wanting, I got, you know, so I did this private party the other night, okay. and because I was one of the people who stayed late and helped clean up, and, you know, like, like you said, I'm there, I'm present, I'm here to help. Like all the other servers had gone home and so I'm helping this chef like in the, the it was at a winery. And they've been trying to push wine on us all night. And I keep saying, no, thank you, I have to work. And the other people are drinking. And so I'm kind of hoping I don't get into that conversation yep. as to why everyone else is tasting and I'm not. And I'm just like, no, I can't. And then, you know, but they, they sent me home with like four or six bottles of wine, like a half a case of wine. And I'm full like, bottles. Full bottles, okay. unopened. Normally we used to get the, yeah. <laughs> No, this was like a ones. gift. So my first reaction is like, well, what am I going to do with these? Not I'm going to take them home and drink them. Yeah. But I'm like, what am I? And I was like, oh, Christmas is coming. Dango. <laughs> People love wine. So, you know, it yeah. doesn't have to be this thing to be afraid of when I can. And who wouldn't love getting some local Sonoma Chardonnay? I should send a bottle to my I've mom. The same thing, know, man. I've been there. It's heck yeah. So the world goes on. It's And you said something too where... What was it? The the ice cream we were talking about. Sure. Food and whatnot. The the ice cream isn't evil because it sits in the freezer. The wine is elegant. The process behind it, the history. I mean, I'd still, there's an appeal to all of that. And just because my consumption and relationship with it is not uh, conducive any longer with my lifestyle doesn't mean the, world, the rest of the world needs to get on board with me, nor would I want them to. I mean, even in my, mm-hmm. my local town every year, uh, I go to... The, the local market there called Foodland in Kilauea. I see half the people from the program or one or two or whatever. And I buy booze for people in the office and I buy like a whole cart full of booze and it's an easy gift, you know, and it's usually the 24th of December because I didn't get on it all year. And that's just <laughs> what there is to do. There's no stores and little mm-hmm. Kauai. So anyhow, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. And, uh, again, it's not, it's not the enemy or, or, yeah, addiction is. I liked how you know earlier today we were talking about the, taking the stigma out of it, and I think that's really kind of the direction with this too. And you know, we shouldn't shame people for for what they are trying to better or or. There's 
there's enough there's enough shame when I do it by myself. When I would do it by myself and to I yourself. thought nobody and to myself, yeah. I shamed myself enough that I don't need to be a hmm. part of any you know, like I felt horrible and I knew better. And I would do it again and again and again and I felt I felt guilty and ashamed. I was disgusted at myself. I had a lot of self-loathing. I fucking hated myself. And even that year that I lived in this house, that's when, you know, when all this was, when it got like really, really, yeah. really bad. Like I hated it and I did not like myself. And it's like, you know, I don't have to, adding that to anybody out there, you know, and saying like, oh, well you shouldn't drink or, you know what I mean? And like lifting that stigma of being in a 12 step or However many steps it takes, you would, know. It's the 13th, yeah. But would you say, I think even in, in my short time, the six years, nobody nobody genuinely, not one person has gone, you're fucking up because you're not drinking. I wish you drank. Not one person has ever, or you're a loser because you're taking care of yourself. Not one person. No. I would even joke in my current new career, like, oh, I'm going out today. And they all know I'm in the program. They're like, no, oh, don't even joke like that, bro. Cause they they never even see me with a drink in my hand, but they 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 see <laughs> the the potential that I'd have, and mm-hmm. you know. So there's actually a lot of caring, and and enough people. I mean, it's not the 30s in Skid Row in L.A. You know, or whatever. The nobody's drinking out of the brown bag. It's we're all there's fucking enough knowledge and information in this informational society that nobody should be shaming anybody. I mean, yeah, it's just. It, it's just funny that crystal meth is not as accepted as, you know, Bordeaux. So it's just where it is. So that the guy who's smoking the pipe is, is getting shunned or the guy, the doctor mm-hmm. sipping the Bordeaux in the morning is, uh, is wine tasting. Right. You know, so it's just a different thing. But. Yeah. I, it's, it's true. And I, I think the same goes for, it goes, I think it's for all drugs all. And you know, I mean, there's just, it's really, it's, it's it's a disease. It's a disease of you know something is not right and something needs to be something needs to be looked at. I mean I can't tell you that you know you need to change. I mean even when you were sober and I wasn't and we were still in contact and we were pretty close. Yeah. Um, I mean I lived in the other town over, but like I don't ever remember you like saying, "Hey John, I know you're fucking up." Hey no. John, like. You know, and I, even when I when I came over here to check out the house before I moved in, I wanted I to drink like you, <laughs> which you were you, like my last idol. Like, God damn it, why can't I get it together and be like John? <laughs> it was like, and the thing, and I was fucking rolling bottles under my bed. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, but I remember you. I come. I came over here, and you're like, "Yeah, have a beer." And I remember driving over here, and I remember being so fucking hungover. And you were like, "You need to come in the morning." And I was like, "Oh man, I don't know if I can drive all the way. It's thirty minutes." Like. I just, uh, and I, I might have had a drink before I left the house. It's probably, it's very possible. And I was so relieved when you offered me a beer. I don't Sorry. know if I had a second one, but I know that I really enjoyed that first one because it was going to make make the drive well, home. Maybe easier. that's what you did too, because you're such a pro. You you have the one to level out, and you keep the other shit in the car. And you're like, oh no, no, you were able to say no. You know, I'm like, God, he can actually say no, and I still am in awe of people of that at, at moments. You know, when we're in, in, in drinking environments and mm-hmm. the, the the shackles are off, there's no, the, their wives aren't there, vice versa or whatever. And, and some people are just like, oh man, two, that was plenty. That was delicious. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How do you do it? And But I don't yeah. care. I mean, it is, is what it is. Um, yeah, man. It's such a, uh, 
it's just such a trip to be able to like I can't imagine what we'd be talking about if we were still drinking. Probably a bunch of bullshit. Like you said, that what, what is it you said in our last talk? Like uh, they're just barstool dreams. Like oh, that someday becomes today. Yeah, a lot yeah, of, a lot I love of that. that idea. And it's it's I'm so it's talking say, about what. Sorry, not to mm. jump ahead there, but like right now we're talking about what we've done, like what we've done, like recently, like current events, not like the bullshit of like yeah, someday. The one day, if only, if all these things weren't working against me, I would be here at this level of excellence. And that's all that bullshit kind of, I mean, there's a lot of successful people out there that, that drink to a moderation, but most alcoholic bartenders that I know, they're, they're not happy <laughs> with their yeah. day in and day grind. And once you start getting into your forties and you're still swilling and swinging and, 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 you know, working behind the stick there, it's just... It's appeal, at least for me. I can only speak for myself, you know, and that's what it was. But I'm doing shit, you know. I, I'm going to Vietnam last year, doing the cave. You know, I try to, I, I got a new career. I mean, when you put down the bottle and you show up to a job and you're not fired after X amount of years, you you can fucking, you're winning. You, can, you, you can, won. You can take November off. To, you can uh, take November off, yes. <laughs> Go swim with sharks and yeah, go to you know. fucking Arizona and drive up and down the California coast and why not? You know, it's a, it's a it's a it's a really cool and special thing, man. And it's like we were, you know, we were talking about too at, at lunch, and I had said something like, or I said I'm, I have a lot to be grateful. I think I was I was I think I was complaining slightly to you about how I wish things were and that I'm trying to be grateful and trying to not dwell on the things that I go, oh man, I don't want to do this for a living or I'd rather be doing this or whatever it is. And and you were like, well, just remember, don't get too comfortable. Don't, so remember, you're fucking up and you need to do better, right? <laughs> and you're joking, right? But but like <coughs> the idea of be don't be grateful to the point of complacency be aware of your progress yeah. and don't destroy yourself because you're it, – it, when you set an aspiration that's worth achieving, it doesn't happen overnight. And whether you're drinking or alcoholic or not, um, stay with the process. I mean you can get there a lot quicker when there's a cork in the bottle than not, and that's <laughs> been my experience. Um, so it's taking action. and, and But yeah, like you, you – what did you say? You summed it up there too. Be grateful, but you know, not complacent. Grateful, yeah, grateful, but not complacent. You know, and who's to say that's the right thing too? But you know, for people that are motivated and want more experience, then it, it, you need to take action. Yeah, it's not even right. about like like it's not even about getting a getting a raise at your job or like getting a promotion. It's about having an experience, and that's what I want. I want a different experience. Yeah. When I think about like. I don't want to make more money at the job I have today. I want to have a different experience. There you go. You know, That's and it. I love that idea because, and not to say that there's anything wrong with finding contentment, being content and being happy. Like, man, I want to find that. Right. So it's like, I do have goals I want to achieve and I want to be at a higher level, whether it's a, a fucking tax bracket or you know, a level of consciousness. Some are loftier goals than others and some maybe a little more noble than others. But yeah. um but if I can find a little contentment, that's pretty that's pretty special too. I mean so I don't I don't want to discount anybody who's 
who's happy. Well, and then don't, <laughs> you know, you know, you mentioned earlier when you're getting sober, you shamed yourself for all that. Don't shame yourself for now that you're sober and, and not hitting these targets. You know, we all have this perception. We all have these agreements that we make with ourselves that X amount of, you know, ecstasy will be reached if I accomplish that. But every individual, it's different. What's important to me Swimming with great white sharks is absolutely terrifying and, and the last thing that some people want to do on the planet. And I've encountered that, and that's cool. You know, we just do our thing and keep our toes in the cage, you know, and everything. Whatever, whatever cage you're in, whoever you're, whatever's swimming around you, it's uh-huh. all metaphor or not, but uh, we all got our... Is that, is that one of the rules? Keep your toes in the cage? Keep your toes in the cage. <laughs> Jesus. That's all. <laughs> I mean, it, did, did the did the, uh, did the captain have all his toes? <laughs> Everybody had most of their digits. <laughs> That's good. Yes. That's good. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just, I am, I've come a long way. You've come a long way. We, I mean, we both have. And there's also, I think, the only frustrations or sadness or um, unhappiness that I come across in my own life is mostly just out of my own judgment and and resentment, Mm -hmm. right? I'm just judging the job that I have or I'm just judging my own progress instead of going, like you said, hang on a second. Where were you a year ago? Where were you five years ago? Like, where? what hell would you be living in? I don't even, Johnny, I don't even recognize you. I don't don't know. I mean, you've literally you've dropped eighty pounds. You're eating right. You're you're doing things way beyond. It's not enough for me just to be sober and you know eat the powdered donuts and smoke the cigarettes in the in the backyard there. Um, getting sober is, was part of getting healthy mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually. All those things I think play a role. But again, there our definition of success is all individual. So you know. Yeah. yeah, to take more of the Tao or the Buddhist approach. Yeah, and you, enjoy the process. You were mentioning at lunch too that you have been working. Like, there's all these different facets, right? So we get sober. Now we're sober. There's all this other shit that we've got to figure out in life. Is just human beings, Life's and sick. like you know the fitness part of it. And you mentioned something about meditation. Are you? Have you been focusing more on a meditation at all? I didn't ask you about this before. So even last night at the step meeting. They talked about step 11, prayer and meditation. And when I left here a couple years, you know, into sobriety, I had steps one through 10 down. 11 wasn't going to be a part of my life. I didn't, my relationship with God was my own personal thing. I didn't need to talk to him every day. He doesn't care that I'm sober. And meditation is not, I don't get it in my monkey mind and all that. But I moved to a place that encourages prayer and meditation, or at least for me, um, living on a five acre spread in, in Kauai, you know, surrounded by nature, that that's kind of my church. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of, um, you know, I picked up that Headspace app. I turned you on to that a few years yeah. ago. And, you know, and just slowing the mind and, and, and inviting all forms of thoughts in. I'm not trying to silence my mind. I just recognize whatever fear or, you know, even on the positive side to, to level out on the high, because I, I didn't drink because I was bummed and suicidal and depressed. I, I just wanted to celebrate. I was in this constant celebration. And then I was in this constant rebuild thing and trying to catch up to my youth and most of my thing. And then depression comes in when you start getting fired from shit and working on your third DUI and more failed relationships. But 
I kind of wanted to stay in this kind of ecstatic, you know, manic state, if you will. And booze allowed me to do that. But when I got rid of that, I had to figure out, you know, to be more even keel. And that's, you know, that's all meditation, I think, for me is. It's just, um, you know, being at one with yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't have any answers, nor will I have the answers, nor do I want the answers. But meditation's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think everybody's got their own little tweak to it. And yeah. a little dance in their head. Yeah, I've I've fallen out of that practice as of, as of recently, and I remember doing it, and like then I was getting too focused on how many days in a row because the app will tell me how many days in a row, and I'm like, dude, I got 47 days in a row, man, and then and then I fucking forgot to or whatever, and then I'm like, oh no, I I broke my streak, I failed, <laughs> I failed at meditation. The Buddhists did not have the app. Yeah, that, I think that it's not a. It's, yeah, the scoreboard thing was kind of interesting with that. It's it's moment to moment. This whole life is moments to moments. So, you know, I try not to live in the the future there and trip on it too heavy. So, if you can just slow down and appreciate this pen and this bowl for whatever random reason, you know, that's a moment. Uh, I'm not going to get too esoteric here. Well, no, I mean, I I always like to keep a pen pen. in each bowl. (laughs) Well, because I always forget, like, if I'm going to write something down. And and this is, uh, yeah, so that's why I always have a pen around. So I don't, so if I have to write something down, like, you know, something, some epiphany I have about, you know, gratitude without, you know, being, what was the word? See, already I've forgotten it. Without being Being complacent. complacent, Yeah, yeah. Plus, it's a kick-ass bowl, so I remember yeah. this from four <laughs> you, years you ago. You remember that? Yeah, that bowl shit. is not so that, changed. I mean, it, you can't see the, um, the radio there. But, but yeah. yeah, man, you're right. It's moment to moment, and I don't need to worry about whether or not I got my meditation in or whether it was 10 minutes or 15 minutes and finding... Or doing it right or wrong. Yeah. It's the attempt. Yeah. There's no form... Like, I only went to three meetings this week. <laughs> what does that mean? I only did four hours of meditation. So What? I mean, was it enough? Was it not enough? Was it to you or not? Is you, well, how was your personal experience and relationship to those moments where you present? To go to a meeting, not listen to the speaker and, and, and look at Instagram, are you really there or not there? Well, you did take the action and you drove there and maybe, you know. So again, it's judgment. Do we judge ourselves? Are we judging the guy across from us? Or are we just kind of just letting it all be? Because in the long run, all the little shit... We have 65,000 thoughts a day, and 95% of them were the same ones we had yesterday and a week ago, and we'll have 10 years from now. So it's all the same shit. It's linear, but there are peaks and valleys, and it gives us a sense of uh, this linear motion. There really is day or night, and anyhow, again, not to get on the esoteric shit. No. um, It's one... Can you you talk about the... uh, You were talking about the 4%... Four percent. Explain that. So when people go, God, I, I went to this meeting and I don't, I don't have time for the meeting or I don't have time for whatever it is. Well, a meeting is an hour. Going to the gym is an hour. Um, whatever it may be, if you take one hour out of your day, whatever it is, there's twenty four hours in a day. One hour, that's four percent of your day. So you still have ninety six percent of your day to. Fuck off and do anything you want with or go to work or, you know, pet your kids, whatever your thing is. Um, But if you can't really dig out, you know, if it's 4% in one day and you go to one meeting a week, I don't know, that's 400th of a, whatever the math is. It's very little commitment to uh, save your life. 
So if I break it down like that and, um, I can, I can dedicate four, 4% of my day to putting my, my checks and balances in there and and meetings. A lot of times I, I don't maybe get something while I'm there. Most of the time I do, but I usually get something on the, on the post meeting in in my head and just, and I think back to like some positive things that I heard and when people are solution based and it gives me enough to get through the night and my pillow hits and, you know, but there is no formula. There's, it's not even in the book. I know this isn't about AA, but. Um, I mean, and it's that, that hour, I'm not really, I, I mean, I try to be present. I don't, I don't genuinely, generally have my phone on or am thinking about other things. And so even if it's just an hour where I'm in the presence of people in recovery, and even if a whole lot is not being talked about, or even if the fucking kid wouldn't let me sit next to him on the couch or was being weird about it and like, you know, or whatever the, whatever the weird, awkward issue is, and then you come to find out like, everybody's got problems and he's just having a bad day or whatever, or some inside joke that I didn't get. And obviously this does sound like a very specific incident that I actually had. Yes. I'm feeling it. I'm like, was that earlier today? I don't remember any of this. No, that wasn't earlier today, but, but at least there's that hour where it's like, I'm, I'm just, I'm able to check in with myself and that's, I mean, not exactly, but that could be considered a form of meditation. You know, you can do whatever you want with that hour. There's a lot of, you know, you can just sit quietly. So, I mean, I, I really appreciate being able to have that. And, and you come into town and it's like, I, you know, I thought that I had my formula, right? I got my thing. I do, I do this. This is what I do during the week. I go to this meeting and then that's it. I'm good, man. I've got it. I've got it solid. And you're like, Hey, this morning, you know, we're gone. I'm going to be here. You didn't, you didn't say, Hey, meet me there. You said, I'm going to the 1030. I'm going there. I said, okay, well then so am I, you know? And it was like, um, and I think it's just it just gets me into this place of like there's there is something if I need some help it's right over there it's it, not far it's called a program the the <laughs> the, it, the I don't know the exact definition of program but it's a, uh-huh. a, a steps if you will or a kind of a, a series of events you know that are mm-hmm. gonna transpire so. You, be active in it, you know, and I've, I've done most of the suggestions, not blindly, I've fought most of them for a long time, but a lot of them just make really good sense, and my life is a lot easier, and it's on cruise control, um, but sift through it. But even cruise control every once in a while needs, you know, you gotta get a tune-up, you gotta get a check, you gotta check so in. You gotta be looking at the road, you gotta put gas in the car, <laughs> exactly. you know, so there's, there's sure the gotta break, yes, shit <laughs> falls out of the... the on ramp, you know, you gotta be ready. So exactly, yeah, it's just life. Cruise control is great when you can get it dialed in. Um, but yeah, man, it was just it was super cool to be able to do that with you this morning and to to be awake and you know like all right, we're gonna go and this and I'm just excited to be outside and it's a fucking gorgeous, gorgeous fall day. day in California. Yes, sir. Like, it doesn't get much better. Um, well, what is the next adventure? What's the next adventure for next year? Have you picked anything? Is there something on your Papua horizon? New Guinea? What's in Papua New Guinea? I'm figuring it out right now, but uh, <laughs> where is Papua New Guinea? Is that like Indonesia or something? It's in the middle of the, the ocean there. Um, I'll, I'll have more on that right now. So it's between that and Iceland. So I, um, yeah, I'm just trying to do <sighs> like one a year or something or. 
I try to do just one kind of really off the beaten tourist thing and just adventure. That's it. I figure I got 20 more years, 30 more years at most. I want to get it, you know, see as much of this planet as possible. That's, that's, that's my why. That's not some people it's raising their kids, getting them to college or careers and things like that. Mine is just, a, I'm my happiest when I'm seeing more nature driven, cool shit. Yeah. And that, that's my thing. So yeah, Papua New Guinea, it's, it's just uh, one of those last frontiers out there. So I don't that's awesome. A lot more about that, but well, maybe I can uh, I can join you this time around. Yeah, some serious hiking love, there. Yeah, dude. I would I would love to. Absolutely. One way tickets, eight hundred bucks. <laughs> I don't know how to get there. Is that what you're already looking? Yeah. Up one-way tickets? Well, I always like to do one way, and then I'll buy the other one way when the time's right. But uh, <laughs> so far, the maybe maybe not. Maybe you find something to some reason to stay. Might land. I'm sure they got a good meeting in Papua New Guinea. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, John, thank you yeah, for uh, for talking and hanging out. And, thank you, brother. Um, maybe we'll do this again next year. Cool. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at a is for alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>